the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a free for all Friday. Let me say that again. It is truly a free for all Friday. The 15th morning. Of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022, it is a free-for-all Friday. And why is that important? Well, for, uh, or excuse me, why can I confirm that? Why can I say that so definitively? Because we are guest-free today. First time in a very, very, very long time that we've been able to say that we are guest-free. Uh, we have cleared the decks. We have a lot of uh, important things that we want to talk about and, law, and a lot of important things we want to listen to from you. So that's what we have here. We've got a uh, guest-free uh, free-for-all Friday. So the phone lines are going to be open to you from the very start at 216-901-0945. And triple eight two eight one eleven ten, and it will they will not close. So uh, opportunities abound for you to be heard over all of the things we've talked about this week. Maybe things that you didn't get a chance to opine upon when you heard them, or maybe there were things that you wanted to say that you didn't hear anybody talking about. I didn't even get to it. So um, 
whatever your whatever your flavor, whatever you want to talk about is fair game on a free for all Friday like this when we are guest free. So three hours uh, at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I'm very much looking forward to this. I've got a lot of important stuff I want to share with you. Don't get me wrong, but I certainly welcome all of your thoughts and ideas and uh, questions and comments and concerns over the news of the day. Now, before we get started with that, I would like to ask you to do what we always do, and that is pledge your allegiance to our great country by way of the flag which represents her. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. If you are um, driving, you are exempted from that request. You may just put your hand on your heart, perhaps, but uh, if you're facing a flag, or excuse me, if you have a flag, go ahead and face it. If you don't, that's okay. If you believe that people who do not think men can get pregnant are bigots and transphobes and haters and worthy of being expelled from society, you have no idea, first of all, about human biology. But also, you have no idea what this flag represents anyway. You are exempted from the request to stand and pledge your allegiance to it. You may instead go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, however... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands... One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Is it time for a national divorce? You know, we had Kurt Schlichter on Tuesday, maybe, I think, this week. Kurt Schlichter, of course, is a senior columnist for townhall.com. And Kurt is a fill-in host for Hugh Hewitt on occasion. And um, he's uh, one of our favorite guests. He's just uh, He's got so much energy and so much. He's a tell-it-like-it-is straight shooter is what he is. And um, we had him on talking about his book, The Fall and Rise of America. The, the title is actually Will Be Back and The Fall and Rise of America. He talked about how we are going to come back from all of the things that have taken us down over the course of the last, um, you could say from, a, from an economic standpoint and maybe a few others just over the last 18 months that Joe Biden has been president. You could say from a divisive standpoint, from the standpoint of division and um uh, destruction. It's been going on, obviously, a couple of decades. You certainly have to go back to to the uh, uh, beginning of the Obama campaign to um, fundamentally transform America. You can certainly go back to at least that far. That set us against one another in ways we haven't seen in a very, very long time, maybe since civil rights. The racial divide that has been stoked by the left now, the gender divide or the gender fantasies and all of these things, um, It's it's really been brewing for a little while you might even go back to um the bush presidency the the second bush presidency um after 9-11 and then we had that brief period of unity because we were so angry and outraged at what was done to our country then we went right back into division particularly because president bush um uh decided we needed to stop saddam hussein uh and the iraq war commenced and then that you know, led to some extraordinary things uh, in terms of division of the country. But it, we've kind of limped along ever since, kind of hoping we can maybe patchwork quilt our way uh, forward, you know, just kind of patching things together. We'll pull this together. We'll pull that together. We don't agree on this, but we'll, it, it's been just like a limp, really. And uh, it, it almost looks like 
the country as we knew it is in hospice care right now. It, you know, it limped, and then it couldn't even limp, and it needed a walker, and now it needs a wheelchair, and now it's just, it may be on its deathbed. And it begs the question whether or not something severe, something um, something more permanent is in order, like a national divorce. Now, I'm going to bring this up, and I'm going to read some of what Kurt Schlichter wrote in his book. He has a whole chapter on the national divorce, and he just excerpted from that for his latest column, column in uh, uh, Town Hall at townhall.com. And I want to share some of that. And I want to marry it to a couple of things other people have said as well. And I'll say out of the top, I'm not suggesting this would be something that can be physically done. Um, Because how do you divide land? How do you divide resources? How do you divide access to the oceans? How do you divide access to to the energy? You understand what I mean? It's not like there's such a specific thing where... There was the South and the North when we had the Civil War. Not suggesting that. But when we say a national divorce, at the very least, we're talking ideologically. At the very least, we're talking about at the uh, mental and the, the emotional and the, dare I say, the spiritual and the soul level. Let me give you, let me give you an example of what I mean. This is Kurt Schlichter from his book, but also excerpted, as I say, uh, from the book for his latest town hall column. There is no escaping that the red and the blue components of America's citizenry are developing mutually exclusive notions on how to run this joint venture that makes our conflicts nearly, if not completely, impossible to solve to everyone's satisfaction. Our differences are too profound. The blue believes that it's a good idea to have weirdos, losers, and mutations grooming our kids in the classroom. We disagree. We reds think America is great. And the blues despise it as well as every as as well as other Americans. The blues think we should worship the false pagan weather goddess and sacrifice our freedom and possessions to her by giving these up to them. We think we'll keep our Silverados, ribeyes, and liberty. Thank you. The blues think we Reds are racist, sexist, and transphobic. We think the blues are extremely tiresome. We Reds think that every real man should own an assault rifle or four. The Blues dispute there is such a thing as men, and would be against them if there were. The thought of guns outside the hands of Democrat criminal constituencies, or the left's corrupt law enforcement flunkies, makes them cry. These are stark and perhaps irreconcilable differences, so what if we did split up? How would it work in practice? As Kurt observes in his book, We'll Be Back... Quote, Red America would likely track the present Constitution, being conservative and all, but there would be alterations. The revised version would do things like modify the Second Amendment to add, no, we're not kidding, everyone gets to pack heat, and that includes its assault, <laughs> includes assault rifles. Maybe they would undo the 17th Amendment and end direct election of senators. Expect that the word abortion would finally get into the Constitution, except that it would be in the context context of banning it, starting at the time of the first date. (laughs) The blue America Constitution would be a different kind of abortion. The left, which is smarter and wiser and more moral than the dead white slave owners who were the framers, just ask them, would toss out the U.S. Constitution in favor of something written by a bunch of college professors gone wild. 
Say goodbye to those irritating negative rights that prevent the government from doing stuff to its citizens. Say hi to positive rights about all the things government is going to do to its subjects. And you will, all, and you will see all the rights the old one had, except to keep and bear arms, of course. You'll have freedom of speech and the free end of press and the religion and religion. They will just add a whole bunch of asterisks. The fact is that without our influence, the American left would go full Stalin, and you never ever go full Stalin. With their own country sharing our continent, the blues would turn America into the world's most oppressive college campus, and then would immediately blame their myriad woes on red America. And that is a recipe for trouble. We're all stuck on the same continent, and that's too close for comfort. What we need is some constitutional marriage counseling because there's a big chance that a national divorce would make all of our problems a hundred times worse. Now, that's all I'm going to share with you from Kurt uh, in his column on Town Hall before I ask you a very important question. But I want to share one other thing with you. that This comes from uh, the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is the movie producer and, the, uh, and maker who made the movie What is a Woman? If you have not seen it yet, uh, you have no idea what you're missing. You really think that we can ever, ever unite with these people? You think we can ever find common ground to not have this divorce that Kurt is talking about happen? You need to see that movie. Anyway, Matt tweeted yesterday, these hearings on abortion, which I'm going to play for you a bunch of clips, these hearings on abortion are instructive. The liberal witnesses have, rec- have refused to condemn infanticide, refused to define the word woman, and claim that men can get pregnant. We cannot share a country with these people. There can be no unity. They are lunatics and monsters. In his second tweet, he said, I don't respect them. I have nothing in common with them. I detest everything they believe and stand for. They feel the same way about me. We simply cannot go on this way. So those are two different guys writing in two different ways, one via tweet, one via full-length article, which is taken from a book, his book, but essentially saying the same thing. I don't want to get along with those people. I don't want to come to common ground with people who believe in infanticide. I don't want to come to common ground with people who believe that men can get pregnant and are willing to torture and punish me as a student or as a professional if I don't say out loud that they can. And not just that I say it, but that I believe it. I don't want to live with people like that. I don't want to associate with people like that. I don't want to go to parties with people like that. I don't want to go to family picnics with people like that. I don't want to go to work outings with people like that. I don't want to go to the ball game with people like that. I don't want to congregate with them. Just don't. Because this is no longer just a matter of I disagree with you on this point, you disagree with me on that point, but that's okay. We just uh, will agree to disagree and go on and talk about other things. No. Because these things are too profound, and our nation is hanging in the balance. Our liberty, our freedom is hanging in the balance. The nation that I hand to my grandchildren is is important to me. And if we allow the blues that Kurt described in in that, that excerpt that I just read to you to make the rules... If we allow them to go full Stalin, 
the nation I will hand to my grandchildren will be one of destruction, devastation, and despair. And I will never rest in my grave easy knowing that this is what I left to them, that I didn't do my part, that I didn't do something to stop the insanity. So I want to know how you feel about that, about a national divorce. Would you, if we could work out the division of resources, as I said, access to waterways and and, and energy and, and all the different things, you know, in a divorce... Kurt talked about this. I didn't read this part, but you know, in a in a typical marriage divorce, there is a division of assets, right? There's a they, there's a split of of community property, if you will. Um, you know, and unless there's a prenup and you have other things like that written into it, it's you know everything is kind of split. So it would be impossible to do. But if it were possible to do, would you rather live in a new? red USA and and let the other half of the land belong to the blue freaks and weirdos. And let's just see what happens. As long as we built a big enough and tall enough and strong enough and impenetrable enough wall to make sure they can't come crawling over to our side once they realize what they've done to themselves. Because I guarantee you, none of us in the red states of America, will ever want to go over that wall or through that wall to go live in zombie freak land. None of us. We will plow our fields. We will mine our coal. We will drill our oil. We will live the way the the, the founders intended for us to with the gift that they gave us in the form of the Declaration and the Constitution and never want to go over to that other side ever. But I promise you, once the people there are starving, and once they realize that men can't have babies, and once they realize that full Stalin was a bad way to go, they will be clawing at that wall, trying to scale it, trying to blow it up, trying to to find a way under it to get back over to the good side. Red states of America would never try to get to the blue states. The blue states would almost... Guaranteed, not almost guaranteed, I was going to say almost immediately, but guaranteed would at some point say, we've got to get back over to that side. Look at how they're thriving. They're not starving. And look at that, nobody has invaded them either. We have because we have no military. We've, been, we've, been, we've already been invaded. I have no doubt that's what would happen if you could live in a red state America alongside a blue state America, the blue states of America. Would you do it? And then the second question I have for you is knowing that that's not going to happen for the most part. Do you have Democrat friends? Do you have liberal friends? Do you have leftist friends? Do you have socialist friends? Do you socialize with these friends? I don't mean acquaintances. I don't mean people you work with and you nod when you walk by in the hallway or in the break room. I mean friends. If you're a conservative-minded person, do you have leftist friends, and can you socialize with them? I want to find out how deep the division really is. So I want to explore that with you at 216-901-0945, Let's hear from you. We've got a full three hours of guest-free radio today. So uh, this is truly what free-for-all really means. 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. 
Okay, 928, Always Right Radio, online at alwaysright.us. So I was just talking with John, my producer, Johnny, uh, off the air um, about what we were just discussing. And, you know, the caveat of, of what I was, you know, what Kurt suggested and what Matt Walsh kind of danced around by saying we cannot live with these people and we shouldn't have to, I don't want to. You know, the caveat is that th- there would have to be, well, let me rephrase, there would have to be a caveat. There would have to be an ironclad treaty written and signed that said, once we divide into from the United States of America to the divided states of America to the the red states of America and the blue states of America, once we did that, um, there would have to be a, a you know a, a a provision in there that says once you choose which side you're going to live on, you can never ever 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 go to the other side. Would you sign that? Would you sign that agreement? And I firmly believe, I and I mean this not just because I'm a conservative, and I firmly believe those of us on that red side would sign that in a heartbeat and say, I would have no desire. It's the same reason I have no desire to go to Los Angeles. I have no desire to go to San Francisco. I have no desire to go to Seattle. I have no desire to go to Manhattan. I have no desire to go to Chicago. I have no desire to go to these freak show places now. And I can I don't want to be around these people and their bizarre laws, their anti-police uh, uh, attitudes, their defund the police behaviors, uh, their, their, their grooming and indoctrination uh, uh, and recruiting of children into alternate lifestyles, sexualizing them. And so I don't want to be around them now. I would sign that in a heartbeat because, no, I don't want to go to the other side of that wall. But I believe deep in my heart that so many leftists, particularly those who are just part of leftism for the trendiness of it all, for the attention-seeking aspect of it all, if given the choice, I don't think they'd sign. I don't think a lot of them would sign because they know that they would be doomed. This It would not be a utopia they had created for themselves. It would be a dystopia in which they would be starving in which their children would be in danger, in which the crime would run rampant, as it already does in blue cities. Imagine in the blue states of America. And you can't escape it. You can't move out to the suburbs like you can from a blue city now or move into a red state. You have to stay there forever. Would you sign on that, Dada? I don't think they would. I think they know damn well that they would collapse like every socialist and communist regime has throughout history and you say well what about china it will it will as long as as long as freedom is retained in other countries that oppose them i want to hear from you 216-901-0945 right after the news am 1420 the answer of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always Right Radio with Bob France and The Answer. 939 now, Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The Answer, do you have Democrat friends? Do you associate with liberal Democrat family members? Are you in a relationship with a liberal Democrat? 
marriage or a pre-marriage? These questions are these questions are everywhere now because families have broken up over the state of this country right now over issues like Roe versus Wade, over issues like the trans agenda. It's not even the LGBTQ movement anymore. It's the trans agenda. They have overtaken the entire thing. If you're just simply gay now, you're like boring. If you're if you're not something else, if you're not declaring yourself to be something else, you don't even really kind of count in the movement anymore. These issues are breaking up families, family members, relationships, marriages, um, sibling relationships, siblings who see things differently, and friendships and coworker uh, relationships as well. People can't stand the sight of one another. They can't stand the sight of one another. So I'm asking you, because typically this is a very, very large, conservative-minded audience, do you have Democrat friends and family members that you still associate with? Or have you essentially broken ties? Because you can't live with them. If you can't live with them in your life, then again, that goes to the question of the national divorce and whether or not we should just go ahead and call it a day and divide ourselves into the red states of America and the blue states of America and let's see what happens with a giant impenetrable wall separating the two. No one is allowed to go on one side or the other. I would absolutely sign up for that red side. There's not a question in my mind. And, it, it, you know, the here's an example of what we're talking about, about what the left feels about this country compared to what the right thinks about this country. What your Democrat friends and your Democrat colleagues and your Democrat family members and your Democrat relationships, this is what they think compared to what you think. Yesterday... Steve Cohen, Democrat Rep- Representative Steve Cohen, had hid, had this uh, scorching hot take about the United States of America and, well, other countries. I hate to think this because I love America. I'm an American and, and, and love America and love this country, and I think it's a great country. But they said we're the freest country in the world. Uh, I think it was Miss Foster. Well, right now, Canada's the freest country in the world, and there are a few other countries along with Canada that are more free than America when we cut women away from having the opportunity to get uh, their families and their bodies to be their choices. So this Democrat, Steve Cohen, says that America is not the freest country in the world, that Canada is the freest country in the world. Canada, where, by the way, you don't have the freedom to decide what you take in terms of medicines or treatments for conditions that you may may or may not be concerned about. In Canada, where you're not allowed to buy or sell or acquire a firearm to protect yourself against criminals. Canada, which is a borderline socialist country as it is, is more free than the United States, said Steve Cohen. Well, that led to Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, a Republican, to retort And again, if this doesn't describe what the blue states of America versus the red states of America, if there were to be a national divide and a national divorce would look like, I don't know what does. This is Representative Johnson. It's not the most free country in the world, young people. (laughs) I missed the... the, uh, Cohen is wrong. Canada's not the most free country in the world, young people. (laughs) America is the greatest nation in the world. We are the most free, most successful, most powerful nation because finally now we have been... 
We've tried to live up to the ideals articulated in the Declaration of Independence. And finally, now the Supreme Court, after 50 years, nearly 50 years of an atrocity, <laughs> brought us back to that answer? truth. Brought us back Would to that truth. It's my time. I will not yield, Mr. Free. Cohen, because your, your, your comments are absurd. The, this hearing is your absurd. Your comments are absurd. The, this You're hearing, absurd. It, 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 Mr. Johnson's time is to come. Thank you. This hearing is absurd. The Democrat majority has called us here for this hearing entitled The Threat to Individual Freedoms in a Post-Roe World. Come on. The first inalienable individual freedom is the right to be born. It's the right to life. We boldly declared that in our nation's birth certificate. America should continue to uphold the sanctity of human life. And state and local and federal government officials have a duty, a constitutional responsibility to protect that fundamental right. It was in our nation. Hold on. Well, hold I, on. I would learn. Yeah, these sometimes autoplay. It was in our nation's birth certificate, otherwise known as the Declaration of Independence, that our first, most fundamental, and inalienable right is the right to life. The right to life. And the Democrats want to take that away. And they believe that unless you do take that, that right to life away, that we're suddenly less free. This is, this is the fundamental difference between the two. I thought Mike Johnson did a phenomenal job of explaining that. Mr. Cohen is wrong. Uh, his argument is, is, is absurd. This entire hearing is absurd. And he's right, it is. Now, let's take it to another level here. Representative Matt Gates from Florida has become just a firebrand who is not going to allow this kind of thing to go unchallenged. So when Representative Karen Bass, who is one of the most mind-numbingly stupid members of Congress, actually referred to a an unborn child as being an unborn child, accidentally... Matt Gates seized upon it. Listen to what they tried to do to him when he claimed his time and seized upon that, saying, let's talk about that. You just called this an unborn child, not a clump of cells, not a health condition to be rectified between a woman and her doctor. You literally called it a child. This is the same thing Biden did uh, a few months ago. They accidentally get caught admitting that unborn babies are babies. But listen to how it goes questions of the person who created a great deal of confusion by saying that this matter was for the reproductive freedom of women. And I, and I appreciate her yielding to a few questions that I think clarified that point. If the gentlelady would yield to another clarifying question, and I'm not here to make a partisan argument, I'm here to understand the effect of the bill and what you're talking about in support of the bill. You used the phrase unborn child in your, deba- in your most recent debate. What does that phrase mean to you? Mr. Gates, Ms. Bass would like to answer your questions. Well, then I, she can strike the I last am word. finished with you right now, and I do not yield. So, so that's telling, right? I mean, I'm just here trying to get answers, answers to questions. You, Ms. Bass, you didn't use the words that were confusing, so I'm not going to yield to you. And it is I'm my not, bill. But you didn't use the words in description of it. And guess why? It was Ms. Ross who used those words. Well, and if I want to ask questions to Ms. Ross, she could choose whether or not to yield to give the answers. But you covering well, but for you're her, not really interested she doesn't know in the, the 
words she uses and cannot in the Judiciary Committee sit and answer the questions on something as important as life or death when I control the time is outrageous. Are you done? I'm done when my time's done. When I'm done, you can yield for those questions. But it's crazy that in this committee, when I'm trying to get honest answers to questions about the effect of the bill, whether or not it paves the way to abortions, that you all want to sit up there and squawk at me rather than allow me to ask questions. When you have the time, you can control the time. How about that? But these are fair questions. She used the phrase unborn child. I would like to know what that means to her. Because what it means to us is that it is a life. You know what? I want the answer on the record, Ms. Bass. I want the answer for the American people. Because to all of us, my party that was impugned, we actually think that unborn life is a child. And that there is a liberty interest there that is worthy of our defense and our protection and the values that undergird the American Constitution. I don't think that's too unreasonable. And by the way, if you use a phrase in this committee, you shouldn't have to have a senior member answer the questions for you. You should be able to answer those questions yourself. And if not, I think it speaks to the credibility of the debate that is offered. So I'll yield, I'll yield Ms. Bass. I got, I got 50 seconds. Thank you. I would like for us to vote on the amendment. I think the bill is clear. The rest of this discussion is theater. I would like to vote on the amendment. Well, right, Can we vote it, on the amendment, Mr. Chair? I, I tell you what, I tell you what, Ms. Bass, reclaiming my time, we'll vote when we're damn well ready and when we're done answering our questions. Oh, ask, you chair the committee now? No, we have rights in the minority to utilize time under the five-minute rule to be able to offer our perspective on matters. And we're sorry if you all are in such a rush to kill unborn life that you're unwilling to answer our questions. But you know what? The good news is, with the Supreme Court we currently have, this is now a pro-life country, and we've got all the time in the world for that. We're sorry you're in such a hurry to kill babies, but we are now a pro-life country, and we got all the time in the world. That was phenomenal by Matt Gates. By the way, my correct or correcting myself is Matt Gates just said it. it wasn't Karen Bass who said it. It was Ross who said it, and then Karen Bass who was trying to cover for her and not making her have to answer the question. Matt Gates's question was vital to again this whole red blue nation that we have. This pro-life versus pro-death. Uh, a party system, uh, what he just said was was exactly correct. And what he just exposed is exactly correct. The left knows that they're babies. They call them an unborn child. And yet they argue for the child to be dismembered or to, be, to, have, to, to have the back of their skull punctured and their brain sucked out the moment before birth, calling it a health care decision between a woman or a birthing person and their doctor. You cannot reason with, you cannot live with, we cannot be in relationships, we cannot be in families with, we cannot be friends with people who believe those things. The national divorce idea is is something that should really, truly be considered. How can you come to, well, hey, we disagree on sucking the brains out of babies, but other than that, hey, let's watch the Guardians game. No! We're not going to agree on sucking the brains out of babies, and we're not going to agree on calling them Guardians either. This is insane. Matt Gates said, you just called it an unborn baby. What does that mean to you? And they refused to allow her to answer that question. She didn't want to answer the question. It's the same exact thing that happened in the Senate hearing the day before. 
when uh, Professor Bridges from Cal Berkeley was asked by John Cornyn about the value of an unborn baby versus the value of a baby. They don't want to have to say out loud what they know to be true. Listen. Do you think a, do you think a, a baby that is delivered alive has value? Yes. Do you think that a, um, a, a baby that is not yet born has value? I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence. They have agency. They no, have I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with a capacity for and I'm, pregnancy. You're not answering the question. I'm asking you think that a baby... I'm answering a more interesting question to me. Because if I answer the question you're asking me, I'm going to betray my entire belief system because I'm going to have to, or I'm going to look like the ghoul, the demonic force from hell that I am when I say no, that that baby right before it passes from one side of the birth canal to the other doesn't have value. If I say the truth, I, I expose myself to the ghoul that I am. If I deny the truth, I betray my whole argument. So I'm not going to answer the question. I'm going to answer a question that is more interesting to me, she said. Baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value, and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and and I just note you refuse to answer the question. So, what I would like to know too, just real briefly here, I would like to know this professor of law at Cal Berkeley. I wonder how she would handle that from the front of her classroom. If she asks a student in the class a question about a lesson that they just did, or about a principle in law, or whatever, and the student in question responds with an answer to a different question. And she says, no, 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 that's not what I asked you. Here's what I asked you. And if that student said, well, I'm answering a question that's more interesting to me than the one you're asking, I wonder if she would give that student an A or if she would give that student an F. I wonder if she would accept that answer as being uh, correct. Because that's the crap she just tried to pull here. This is the This is exactly what I started the show with. I can't live near that person. I can't associate with that person. I can't recreate with that person. I can't socialize, go to a party or a concert or even a movie if we didn't have to hear them talk. I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to be around people who who embrace this kind of ideology. It's time for a national divorce. Are you ready? 216-901-0945. Right back to your calls after this. Okay, it's 9.58 now. Let's go to the phones. I want to talk to Barb, who's calling us from Brunswick. Uh, Barb, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. You asked for guests to call in to share their experiences about friends who are no longer friends because of politics. Yes, ma'am. And um, I worked for maybe 13, 15 years in federal service with a coworker. We both no longer work in federal service, but um, we were always on different political sides, but we never talked politics. We were friends. I mean, I can't tell you how many concerts and activities we did together. 
uh, her family. I didn't really have a family. But anyways, um, I shared a, a book with her. And at that time, I thought it was an interesting book, and I thought she would enjoy it. I really didn't know too much about the person that wrote the book. But she took, um, she was, she was very offended by this fact that I shared this book with her and she defriended me. And this was two years ago. Uh, on her birthday this year in June, I decided to reach out and just send her a message like, Hey, happy birthday. I think of you often. No response. So I didn't defriend her. She defriended me. What, uh, if I might ask, what was the nature of the book you gave her? Uh, it was the book by Candace Owens. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not subtle. <laughs> I was wondering if it was a book on the Constitution or something like that. Uh, but Candace no, is not subtle. No. Yeah. Um, and, you know, no, it's sad. No, it was just about her life and stuff like that. And I thought yeah. that she might enjoy the book, but... Um, she, she took the fence. Yeah, Candace so. Candace drives leftists crazy. She's smart. She's <laughs> she's she's witty. She's quick, and uh, and yeah, she drives leftists crazy. And I'm sorry that you had to lose your friendship over that. Um, but but you know what it does, Barb, and and thank you for the phone call. What it does, it kind of underscores what I'm talking about. The division is so strong that you can't do that. You can't make a nice simple gesture, and have it received in kind. This, hey, that was just a nice thing. You know, it wasn't my cup of tea. You know, thanks very much and give it back. Something like that. No, it has to be a defriending. What I want to know is when people don't even do anything as, uh, as bold as that, they, they won't talk politics because they know they're on the opposite side of the spectrum or the uh, ideological scale, if you will. They won't talk about it directly. But what happens when one overhears the other one on a phone call bashing Trump or bashing Biden or whatever direction it was? Do you pretend you didn't hear it? Or does it come up, especially if the other person knows you overheard it? Then how do you avoid that? There is just, there are just some things that cannot be avoided, and that's what's leading us to this place where a national divorce, I think, is, um, is, is something to consider. Again, I don't know in practicality how it would work, but it's something that I know people are thinking about. All right, hour number two coming up. Always Right Radio online at alwaysright.us. Right back. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420. The answer. Let me give you... Another example, as we get into hour number two, it is the 10 minutes after 10 o'clock on this 15th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, I hope you have a great weekend in store for yourself. Um, If you do, it'll probably involve being around non-Democrats. And I'm very, very sorry to have to be this way, but I'm, I'm, I'm responding to the conditions that lie before us. I am responding to and acknowledging and accepting and dealing with the conditions that we have before us. And that's just the reality of the situation. Phone lines, uh, phone calls are welcome at 216-901-0945 and 888 We're guest-free. So if you just turned us on, you got plenty of time to call and get in uh, and get up and on the radio. 
This is what the other side thinks of you. If you're a conservative-minded individual, a conservative Republican in particular, this is what the other side thinks of you. Now, this is Don Lemon. Don Lemon is a racist. Don Lemon despises conservative-minded people, the United States of America, the United States Constitution, and probably a little bit more. He's been brazen about his hatred for those things on his program on CNN uh, at night for many, many years. Now he brought it to the daytime. Now he brought it to New Day on CNN. And this is what he thinks of you. We sit around and we talk about these things and we, we want to give this false equivalence to Democrats and Republicans. That is not where we are right now. Republicans are doing something that is very dangerous to our society. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that as Americans. We must acknowledge that as journalists. Because if we don't, we're not doing our jobs. We cannot sit here and pretend like, well, you, Republicans, it's a, cut them a break. Let's, we want to hear whatever. They have a lot to answer for in this moment. A lot to answer for what happened with the former president of the United States. Why they allowed his antics to go on for so long. Why he is not accountable. Why they go along with it and don't say anything. They've got... I, I, of course, wish I could have a conversation with this lunatic, but, um, again, we cannot converse with these people. They, 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 can't, they can't debate because they can't win when it comes to the ideas that they, that, they, that they carry. They can't win a debate, and so they prefer to just screech into an echo chamber, love the sound of their own voice bouncing back at them, and then just shutting everybody down, in case, just in case you don't know. The subject that they were discussing on New Day is is coverage of Republicans and Democrats because the Republican Party is being given as they always have been, but it's probably it was it started it was terrible under Bush. It it reached its zenith when President Trump was in charge, but it really hasn't let up now that Biden is in office and the Democrats have full power. Media admitting their bias, media admitting We don't cover Democrats the same way as Republicans because they're different. They literally are saying it out loud. We can't cover the Republicans the same way. They don't deserve fair coverage. They've acknowledged this, and that's what Don Lemon is talking about here. And and I would love if I had a chance to talk to him to say, what antics are you referring to? What does Donald Trump have to answer for? He gave us four years of the best economy we have had in half a century, he gave us uh, uh, more national security by sealing our southern border. He gave us better energy prices and policies. He got us out of nuclear Iran deals. He got us out of Paris climate accords. He held China accountable on trade imbalance by establishing tariffs that made China blink. Yeah, what does he have to answer for? Oh, you don't like him. That's why. You don't like the energy that he helped to become independent in this country. So you want, you make, we want to make him answer to that. You don't like the fact that he got us out of the Iran nuclear deal because you like the Iranians, apparently. So he has to answer for that. You don't like the fact that he provided national security by sealing the southern border and cutting down on illegal uh, crossings uh, to the best level that we have had in, again, several decades. You don't like that. So he has to In other words, what you're saying is he's got antics, meaning that... He does things we disagree with. 
Therefore, Republicans have to answer for that. And they don't deserve our respect and they don't deserve our fair coverage. You've got to answer for that. Why they are, whether you agree with abortion rights or not, why they have taken back a right that was what the, you know, that was granted to uh, American women for 50 years. It was never a right. You mental midget. It was never a constitutional right to murder a child, whether they have passed through the birth canal yet or not. Simply out of convenience. Dang. Didn't mean for that to happen. Break out the, the, uh, the, uh, instruments. Let's tear that thing apart. That was never a right. It was never a right in the United States Constitution. It was written in by a radical extremist decision based on a lie in 1973. And now it has been corrected. They have to answer for those questions. If they come here on CNN, they must answer for that. If they go on MSNBC, they must answer for that. If they go on ABC, they must answer for that. And they cannot expect to be coddled when they go on to a news organization or if they step in front of a crowd of supporters. And so, When exactly does Joe Biden have to answer for Hunter Biden? When he comes on MSNBC, why doesn't he have to answer for Hunter Biden? When does Joe Biden have to answer for a million barrels of oil from the American Strategic Petroleum Reserve being sold to a Chinese firm that employed Hunter Biden? When does he have to answer for that? You're claiming that the Republicans have to answer for things that Donald Trump did that you disagreed with, and they have to, quote, answer for that when they come on MSNBC and when they come on CNN. They have to answer. When are you going to hold your side of the aisle to account and answer for their misdeeds, their criminal activity? When does that happen? You see, it's this kind of blatant hypocrisy that makes me agree with Matt Walsh, agree with Kurt Schlichter, when they say, you know what, I, we just can't share a country with these people. There can be no unity, there can be no common ground. They are monsters, they are lunatics, they are ghouls, they are hypocrites, they like killing babies, they, they are angry if you don't declare that men can get pregnant, they, they, they want to cancel you, fire you, suspend you, expel you, if you don't say the things that they want you to say, if you don't call somebody who says, I'm a bird, I'm an avian-human hybrid, call me Blue Jay. And if you don't call her Blue Jay, you're suspended. You're fired. Hell, there's one of these lunatics now. Just as, as another example, and I'm sorry, I'm coming right to the phone calls, but there's another one of these nut jobs now that has gone to the... Um, to the uh, the cat card, I think it is cat. Not not not. I I played the bird one for you, right? But but the cat one now. Let me see if I can pull this up super quick because I posted it. These are people that if I am forced to tell an obvious biological X Y chromosome uh, male that if I have to call him a female, call him by a name like Barbara when his name is Ben, and if I have to call him a she when he's really a he, or call him a they when he's really just one person, and all of this nonsense, right? 
If I have to do that because this is what he feels like, it's his reality and you cannot hurt people and offend people by calling them something that they don't believe that they are, then I have to call this nut job who thinks she's a cat, I have to call her cat. I have to communicate with her with meows. I'm not making that up. I can't pull it up at this moment. I'm going to go to the calls here, but I'll get ready for the other side. But I'm not making this up. And if I don't do it, I'm the bigot. I'm the phobe. Transphobe, what would that be then? Feline phobe? Canine phobe? What's the bird? Avian phobe? If I'm denying the existence of these things that are just nothing but attention-getting freaks? Attention-starved freaks. You say trans... Or you say... uh, uh, um, uh, uh, not transphobe. I'm trying. You you say uh, trans person or or trans individual. I say attention starved freak. Okay, because there is less than one percent of these people that are claiming they're trans that are actually suffering from a psychological condition known as gender dysphoria. For these people, I have nothing but sympathy, and I encourage treatment, not physical mutilation. By the way, because. Trans disorders, gender dysphoria is a psychological condition. Why on earth would you treat a psychological condition with physical mutilation instead of psychological treatment? Those who truly suffer from gender dysphoria, I have sympathy for, and I hope they get treatment. Those who are just attention-starved freaks trying to just glom on to the trend of the day, I'm not, I'm not male or female. I'm just a spirit in the wind. And you have to call me that, or you're fired. Sorry, I don't want to live with you people. I can't live with you people. I agree with Kurt Schlichter. I agree with Matt Walsh. It's time for divorce. Red states of America, blue states of America. Massive wall in between, never to be breached, ever. I want to go to Vince. Vince is in Westlake on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Uh so much to unpack here. Uh, that that simple question of you know red state or blue state. I, I wish it were just that simple. Uh, I, I personally feel like when you look at people like this professor, who this arrogant, self-centered, condescending professor, who is disrespectful to United States senators that are asking her simple questions. You look at a situation like that, and then you also look at the canonization of Jalen Walker um, in Akron. Yeah. A, a, a proven criminal, okay, and that was, you know, um, caught on tape pulling a gun and, you know, running from police to get ready to pull a gun again. You've got two types of people on the left. You've got the people that firmly believe and espouse for a socialist communist country. There's no doubt about it. If, you, if you're looking at what's happening today in the world and that and all these changes and everything they want to pull, uh, people like this professor, yeah. those are hardcore socialists, communists. And then you look at the other people that go along with it that are useful idiots. And if people read their history, that's how every communist country became a communist country. The, the, the people in charge that really espouse this ideology use the useful idiots. Uh, it, I, I wish it were, again, is that simple as just, you know, we'll be red states over here and you be blue states over there. I unfortunately think, and I pray that I'm wrong, I pray that I'm wrong, that we're headed towards a civil war because there's just too many people that are not going to put up with this when push comes to shove. And you've got these, what basically boils down to a handful of people driving the narrative, like the idiot you talked about on CNN. Um, 
Don Lamont, okay? It, 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 these people just, they don't get it. You know, they talk about the antics of the Republican Party. Are you kidding me? And you just, you enumerated, you know, the quote-unquote antics. Best economy ever, best security ever, best, you know, lowest unemployment rate ever in that. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is they want other than they want to ruin this country and take it over. And, you know, we don't stand up and say no. Stop the cancelization. Stop the you know the, the bad talk from them, and, and stand up and take our rights back. It is going to happen. That's it's it's going to happen, and I I pray it doesn't. That's it. I do too, Vince. Thank, thank you. God bless. Appreciate. It. I'm glad to let you vent there, and I'm glad you did too. Listen, um, I don't want there to be a civil war either. And no, it is not that feasible to literally divide the country down the middle and say this side is red, that side is blue. Pick your space and move to it. It's of course not going to happen. This is all theoretical but theoretically i would absolutely sign up for that a heartbeat and i would be willing to bet you my life that a significant majority of those on the blue side would say i'm not signing this saying i can never leave it and go to the other side because they know their side will collapse they know the crap that they are trying to push the socialism the marxism the communism the critical race theory the critical gender theory, the social-emotional learning, they know it is doomed for failure because history shows it is doomed for failure. And they are going to want their get-out-of-jail-free card, and that's going to be to come back to the United States or the uh, red state side where they're following the Constitution, where the people are in charge, not the government, uh, and they know doggone well what will happen. I would sign it in a heartbeat. I would sign it, and I would agree to never, ever, ever want to cross that wall and go to the other side. They would, they, they would be a, a very large majority of them, I believe, that would never agree to such things. Because when they run out of their own stuff, what do they want? They want to take stuff from somebody else. When they don't have, they want the haves to give to the have-nots. And that's exactly how they would end up. Uh, real quick before the break, though, listen. Come on. Okay, hi, guys. So my name's Dasha. I'm a furry. And I'm going to be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. So, here we go. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. (coughs) Then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kitten family. You know, in another life, I was a teacher. I taught junior high and high school 1990 through 1996. Six, yeah. If I was still doing that for a living, I would have been fired. 55 times a day because that thing would have walked into my classroom and looked at me and said, and I would have said, get the hell out of my school, you freak. I don't want to be near you. I don't want to hear you. And I don't want to be told I have to accept your language as being that of a cat or a canary. You're an attention starved freak. I would tell you to go seek help, but you don't even need help. You're not actually mentally delusional. You're not actually suffering from gender dysphoria. You are being a trendy, TikTok-influenced, millennial or, or Gen Z piece of garbage. Grow up, then you can come back into my classroom. Not sure how the school board would take that. I'll be right back.
among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. You know, just to clarify, 1038 on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. All I'm asking here for is the same thing Joe Biden is asking for. What's he saying over in Israel? Two-state solution. That's the answer here. Two-state solution. Red states, blue states. Just divide them up. Let's see which side thrives. Let's wait four years. Let's wait four months. Let's wait four weeks and see how quickly the socialist, Marxist, communist blue states of America survive under the new constitution that they would write. Under the new constitution, in fact, they probably wouldn't write a constitution. They would probably just uh, disarm the entire population, which they would surrender willingly, and uh, the government would have full control, and they would be exactly what, well, exactly what we knew they would be, and they'd be scratching at that wall, just trying to dig their nails and trying to find a weak spot to get through back to our side. I'd love to see it. Two-state solution. Theirs and ours. This is the reason why we can't live with these people. Listen. Uh-oh. That didn't work. We got a little bit of a glitch on our sound system here. One second. We'll see if we can make this happen again. No, Johnny, I don't know why this happened again. It's the same thing that happened yesterday for some strange reason. Uh, we had it worked out, but now we don't. Um, let me get this. Uh, what I want to play for you, in case you're wondering what I'm struggling to do, we just had a, uh, a hiccup in the uh, sound system, is uh, another video from the libs of TikTok. I love the fact that the libs of TikTok, I don't mean the account, I mean libs right i love the fact that they literally um go on to twitter and post things that are public for other people to see and then get mad when the the account called libs of tiktok reposts their stuff so people can see them so that people can see them and people quite simply and obviously um you know they're disgusted by them they're disgusted by them. They laugh at them. They mock them as saying, how dare you? Well, you nobody is outing you. You're posting this stuff publicly for other people to say. Um, I'm not going to be able to get this sound to work right now, so we'll have to uh, come back to that. We'll go to the phones. But but the libs that, are, that go on social media that don't want you to hear their messages are posting their messages publicly. It's just that they only want them for blue ears, not for more discerning ears um, You know, on the ideological scale. They don't want you to actually uh, hear them so that you can mock and make fun and obviously disprove them. They just want their echo chamber. I don't know. Back to the phones, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We'll hit up um, Marty, who's been waiting in Kent ever so patiently. Hey, Marty, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Marty. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, you're you're close. So your red and blue state um, setup is relatively close. But what everybody is not saying, but they're coming close to saying, is that these people who are completely anti-American are actually children of Lucifer. They are children of hell. End of story. You are either a believer of Christ or you are not. There's no two sides. And the Bible is very clear on how to purge your country of these people. That's pretty much it. Well, um, I, I don't disagree on some of the people. I don't think that everybody who is on the, you know, the blue side, if we're just going to continue to call it that, um, I don't think that they are all children of Satan. I don't believe that they are all just evil and, and so forth. I think so many of them are just flat out stupid. 
that they don't know any better. They're not doing things because they know the inherent... Now, many are. The leadership, I believe, is. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know that it is going to subjugate people. They know it is going to harm people, and they don't care. That's evil. But I think some people are just too stupid, and they get caught up in that ideology. And, and in fact, they're so dumb, so many of them, they actually think that what they are doing is for the betterment of mankind. They think that by affirming... Uh, a, a young kid who's going through a phase and affirming their quote-unquote gender transition that they're helping the child, that this is good for the kid. They're just misguided, they're misled, and they have been subject to so much propaganda by the American left, the ones who are truly evil, that they go along with it and they truly think they're doing good. They think they're doing God's work, in a manner of speaking. So I, I get your point from the the leadership of the movement and of the movements, plural, um, that that take take people down this track. I just think there are a whole lot of other sheep that don't know any better. They're dumb uh, and they're gullible. They're naive and they they are the willing pawns um, without even realizing it of those who are who are actually uh, who are actually running the whole thing. But don't you think when it comes down to it, you either have to pick one side or the other. You have to make a choice. And right now, what you would want to call the libtards or the left have made that choice whether it's attention-seeking behavior, or whatever the case may be. There is no standing on the fence. You are either believer of Christ or you are not. Yeah, I, I, again, I, wish, I, wish country, I, could be as, I wish I could be as black and white about that as you are being right now, but I don't think I can be because you can't ask somebody who doesn't understand the differences. But you can give them a choice. Well, no, you can't. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't ask a Marty, in my opinion, you can't ask them to make a choice about something that they don't understand. It would be like two, putting two foreign foods in front of you that you've never tried and telling you, you have to make a choice. Which one of those do you like better? And you say to yourself, well, I don't know. I don't know what, you, what either one of them tastes like. Too bad. You have to make a choice. And that might be an extreme example, but I think there are so many people who have been confused and who are delusional as to what the reality of, like you say, what the word of Christ is or what the teachings of Christ are, the teachings of good versus the teachings of evil. They don't know any better, so they can't make that choice. And I don't think we can you know, blame them for, for being on the fence, if you will, when they just have no earthly idea or if they truly have been deluded you know i'll give you another example i know it's again another extreme one but it's like taking somebody who is sightless somebody who has been born blind and demanding that they choose the the more beautiful of two pictures how do i know i can't tell well i'm telling you the one on the left is far more beautiful than the one on the right pick one of those well that person is in no position to actually make a uh, uh you know a real choice here and say this one is the more beautiful of the two when they haven't actually been exposed to the truth and perhaps they can't be in a situation like that. And I think there are a whole lot of good-hearted people who are super misguided. And, and that's why they change, by the way. You know, Marty, that's why they change. Maybe it's, it's into their adult lives. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe, maybe they're teenagers. Maybe they're in their 40s before they really come to realize, man, that is wrong thinking. That is dangerous thinking. And that is evil thinking. And that is harming people. I'm not going to abide by that anymore. I, I see things differently now. So I don't think it's as simple as saying black and white, up or down, you know, right or left, and uh, make the choice or, or else you're, you're on the side of evil. I think a lot of people just don't know what side they're on because they don't understand the ramifications. Yeah, well, our founding fathers did. 
Agreed. They were very clear. They were very clear. Yeah. And yeah. we have, uh, Christ has not turned his back, or God has not turned his back on us. We have turned away from him. And that is why we are going through what we are going through and having to put up with the libtards and everything that's going on. And until, like I said, the you know, Bible's made it very clear, and there's examples all through the Bible of how to purge your country of people like this. Yeah, and uh, and the, and thank you, and thank you, Marty, for the call. I appreciate it. the 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 thing that I will stick to is if we're talking about the leaders, the ones who called for the fundamental transformation of America, the most liberty loving, God fearing force for good in the history of human civilization, the United States of America. When they call for the fundamental transformation of that, that's calling for an end to that liberty. It's calling for an end to that which has made us great. Right. Those individuals who want to change the country into something less than, to something, again, communist in its approach, Marxist in its ideology, which they have all professed profound fondness for, um, those individuals, yeah, they are evil and they do need to be expulgated from our country. They do need to be removed. They do need to be removed, at least, uh, if not physically, uh, their ideas canceled from our society, if you will, if we are to continue to take advantage of that which the founders gave us. We have been gifted this great republic, this experiment in liberty, and we do have to fight for it, and we do have to stop those that intend to harm it. But I think I don't think those are just all of the attention-seeking idiots that I just got done ripping in the last segment. They're just attention-starved, um, you know, young, naive, influenced, propagandized people who have no earthly idea what they're doing. They're not evil. They're just stupid. And uh, I think there's a difference. Okay, to um, where next? Looks like TJ on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, your last call, I'm going to kind of up it a little bit. You know, a few years ago, I was in a group therapy session with a bunch of, you know, other Vietnam veterans, and they had a psychologist come in to talk to us. And I remember she told us the problem, she says, with you Vietnam combat veterans are you look at the world as black and white, right and wrong, good and evil. And she said, that's simply not true. Everything is a shade of gray. Now, once you start to embrace a shade of gray, all you're doing is putting yourself in a state of confusion. Now, you remember, Bob, that song by the Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil? Yeah. And the one verse where Lucifer says, what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. And that's the nature of the demon, to puzzle you, to confuse you. Sure. Uh, I, I, I... cannot believe, like I says, I, I know the left has a lot of powerful entities on their side. They've got the media. They've got Hollywood. They've got uh, woke businesses. But we have the most powerful entity in the universe on our side, and that's God. And I do believe he's on our side, and we can't lose the faith. We have to keep up the good fight. And, and once they start in, interjecting this shade of gray thing into us, that's when you open the door for the demon to walk in. Uh, and I and I believe that, and I'm, I'm never going to change. And one other thing about canceling people, yeah. this was also another thing at the VA, and uh, it was after uh, the holidays, and my counselor said, what did you do for Christmas? I says, well, you know, we had a nice dinner. Me and the wife went to the Metro Park, took a long walk with the dog in the woods. And he goes, well, don't you think that's kind of wrong? And I says, why do you think that's kind of wrong? I says, I look at things like this. If I have a family member... I ask myself one question. If that person wasn't family, would I want them as a friend? 
And if the answer is no, then why am I obligated to spend any time with them? I mean, I'll cancel these You're right. people in, in, a, in a minute. No, you know, more, more and more people are finding that out. That's why, like I said, families are breaking up, sibling relationships are ending, uh, relations between, between parents and children, adult children uh, have broken up. I know a lot of people who have no contact with their kids anymore because their kids think that their, you know, their, their ideas are old and antiquated and they, they think that, you know, it's only women can still have babies and all of this other stuff and parents who want nothing to do with their kids because they can't get through to them. So relationships, marriages, uh, you know, dating, uh, friendships, all of these things, TJ, are breaking up over this because you're right. You know, if, if, if I wasn't your family member, would I choose you as a friend? No, I would not. We would not hang out. We would not socialize. Then I'm not obligated to do that as a family member either. It's sad, but it's the reality of it. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, if it makes me happier to not be around people who are negative and who believe in the things that are just so important to me, then I will do what they need to do to do to make myself happier. That's the best way to honor God is to, in my view, is to um, is to take advantage of the life He has given all of us and to and to make the most of it and not suffer through uh, things that we don't have to. And I don't know if people are aware of this, Bob, but you know Ben Franklin disowned his only son because his son sided with the British. Yeah. So this isn't the first time this has happened in America. But I, but I think right now we're at a crossroads. I mean, I mean we're really at a crossroads. And uh, November is going to tell a big story on which, which road we're heading down. No question about it. Well, and, and, you know, regard, and thank you for the call, TJ. I appreciate it. Re- regardless, um, you know, I, I, November is going to just further, divi- further the divide. If we have the red tsunami that we expect, it's going to further the divide. If they find a way to cheat and rob us of what is expected by everybody, including the left, to be a massive Republican takeover, there's going to be a further divide there as well. There's no question. The only real question is, is what do we do about it? What do we do with the division? A quick time out right back. Always right radio AM 1420 the answer. All right, I think I've got this uh, working now. I just want you to hear. This is one of the libs of TikTok videos that just kind of make you ask yourself, I mean, seriously, how can we be expected to get along with these people, to agree with these people, or even to accept these people and, 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 and live and work and socialize among them when they have if this If you're a mindset? white liberal leftist or consider yourself to be a white ally, I have a challenge for you. Don't create any more content on TikTok until September 22nd. And honestly, you deserve a break because every day is a white person day and y'all must be exhausted. So while you sit back, listen, learn, and truly decenter yourself, black, indigenous, and other people of color, we got it from here. <clears throat> You're white. So sit the hell down and shut up and listen to black and brown and indigenous people. Take two months and sit down and shut up and listen to us. I, I, I'm, I, I might be wrong, but how does that square with what Martin Luther King taught? 
when he said he wanted the descendants of slaves and the descendants of slave owners to sit at the same table and not see the color of one another's skin, but just enjoy and and to judge, if there is to be judging, judge one another based on the, the content of one's character. Not, hey, sit down and shut up. You don't have the right to talk. You're too white. As such, you sit down and listen to me. I would never accept that if some white person came on TikTok and was posted on social media and said, you know what, black and brown and other indigenous people of color, you just sit down for the next two months and listen. We'll tell you how it is. We got it from here. Just sit down and be quiet. Your skin color isn't right. You shouldn't be talking. I wouldn't accept it. I wouldn't support it. I would condemn it in the same way I'm condemning this nonsense. But this is who they are. Everything is reduced to color or other ethnic stereotypes. This is why the First Lady of the United States, Jill Biden, can walk into a room full of Mexican and Hispanic people and call them all tacos. Hey, you're all a whole bunch of different flavors of tacos. What? These aren't people with their own unique individual ideas, concepts, thoughts, likes and dislikes. They're all just to be lumped in as as Mexican food? I mean, the definition of racism is judging someone based upon their perceive, the perceived characteristics of a group to which they belong. Whether they chose to be a part of that group or they were born with that particular characteristic. Judging them not based on who they are and what they think, but what they look like and what the group of of others like them look like. That's the nature of racism. Democrats are the most racist, disgusting, reprehensible, repugnant people on the planet. They literally live racism every day and then have the temerity... The gall to turn and point a finger of blame at the Republicans say, that's the party of racism. You want to live with those people? Go ahead. I don't. Hour number three is coming up. Still guest free, still wide open. Whatever it is you want to talk about, free for all continues on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio. 
with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at 11 minutes past the 11 o'clock, always right radio. Talking about the divorce today. Started this at 9 o'clock, and I'm kind of staying with it, although we are open for free-for-all phone line or for phone calls, I should say. Any topic you want to get into is fine. Uh, 216 But, yeah, I am staying on this issue because I continue to see more and more things that, quite frankly, they underscore my point. They, they, uh, they, they buttress my position. Uh, and I'm going to share some of them with you. It's the 15th morning of the seventh month in the year of our Lord, 2022, by the way. Um, if you just turned it on, <clears throat> the radio show, I pointed out in the first hour, I read a, a, an excerpt from a column written by Kurt Schlichter at townhall.com, and that excerpt was taken from his book, uh, which is um, uh, uh, The Fall and Rise of America. We will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. There's a chapter in the book about divorce, a national divorce, talking about how in marriage divorces, you know, there's a division of property, um, you know, community property, and so on and so forth, and and that's how these things are done. <clears throat> it's probably a little harder to do it for, as a nation, but if if there was ever a time when we would look toward such a thing, it would be now. Now, this isn't the type of divorce that would lead to a civil war where we would actually be warring with the other side the way we did with the north and the south this is something that would be just more of an ideological war and it's a separation you go over there we'll go over here you do what you do we'll do what we do we'll continue to follow the constitution and take advantage of the gift of liberty given us by our uh, founding fathers and you go ahead and rewrite your own modern woke rules of living and uh, we'll see what happens um, the reason it would never amount to a civil war, of course, is because only one side would be armed. Only the red states of America would actually have weapons. The blue states of America aren't allowed to have any. Only the red states of America, by the way, would fund their military. The blue states of America would defund their military. Only the red states would live in peace and, and uh, without, without a high crime rate because we actually would fund our police. The blue states would, of course, defund police. You understand the point. We would continue to live and thrive the way this country always has, and they would actually be in their own little socialist uh, disaster, their own little socialist nightmare. So Kurt wrote that, and then I also read a comment from Matt Walsh, who is with The Daily Wire, who is the producer and the uh, creator of the movie um, uh, What is a Woman? And Matt wrote uh, a tweet that said, These hearings on abortion are instructive. The liberal witnesses have refused to condemn infanticide refused to define the word woman, and claimed that men can get pregnant. We cannot share a country with these people. There can be no unity. They are lunatics and monsters. I don't respect them. I have nothing in common with them. I detest everything they believe and stand for. They feel the same about me. We simply cannot go on this way. And I concur with both Matt and Kurt. I agree. That divorce is something that should happen. Again, is it is it possible to do in reality to divide you know land and resources, national resources? Probably not. So this is more theoretical than it is anything else. But I'll tell you what, in theory, I'm just asking you, do you believe you would sign 
And and would you you know if this we're in a, we're in what I would what I would consider to be a red state. We are in a red state, and our red state, um, we wouldn't have to move. We would be happy here, I believe. If you were in a blue state, however, I wonder how many people would would sign on to stay in the blue states of America. And how many people would say, I'm moving from the blue states to a, uh, from a blue state to a red state? I, I firmly believe that the reality is there would be more people living in the blue states in this country who would say, I'm not down with that. I don't want to live, even though I believe in the ideology, I believe in all of the, uh, the, the woke nonsense, I believe in all of the... Um, all of the things that divide us right now, I, I don't think they would they would sign on because they know they're going to be destroyed. They know that their own culture could not survive if they ran themselves under that kind of a socialist or Marxist model. They would probably rather go and live in the red state and continue to criticize us than actually live in their own blue states. That's my that's my my theory. And here's another example of why I say what I do. I gave you a a, a video of um, the woman telling white people to sit down and shut up. Uh, don't post anything on TikTok for at least the next two months. Um, leave it to the, to the black and brown people to educate and lead. White people, sit down, shut up. We don't, we don't need to hear from you is essentially what, what she said. I have another one that I found to be almost as interesting or, or maybe just as interesting. Our schools, and this is one of the reasons why we would need to have this divorce and have this separation, let the, let the blue families raise their little blue-haired kids um, in, in, in left-wing blue schools in, in which they teach pornography, in which they teach and present um, sexuality to four-year-olds and five-year-olds and six-year-olds and teach them to lead deviant lifestyles, to embrace alternate lifestyles, to embrace their, um, their own identities as different species along with different sexes. They can do that in those schools and let us have our regular schools in which boys are boys and girls are girls and mommies get pregnant and daddies don't and so on and so forth. And we don't teach pornography. Sorry about that. Boy, this is just a nonstop cavalcade of problems with the uh, sound system today. Pop-up uh, ads aren't, aren't any fun. Sorry about that. Um, let us have our schools in which, you know, in which biology is biology uh, and, and English is English and math is math and, it, and history is history and it doesn't change to advance a new narrative. I think I would take our chances. Now, because of that little audio glitch that just happened there, again, I apologize. I might not be able to play the clip that I wanted to play for you. But the clip is of a man in a school district in Oregon about to read from a book that is on the school shelves, the school library shelves, for all students to read. It is pornographic. It is hardcore pornographic. It is, includes pictures and drawings and graphic language. And he wanted to read this to the school board there at his district in Oregon. This is, I'm going to describe to you what I was about to play for you, and I can't. As he started to read... He told them what he was about to read. They immediately shut him down, and they shut off his mic. And when he asked why, they said, because this is a family, because it was a school board meeting, it is a family gathering, 
And even if there are not children in this room right now, the school board meetings are broadcast on the intranet. Their school board, their school district's intranet and available for children. And children shouldn't hear the language that he was about to read. Do I need to go on? Do you understand the point? He was about to read into the record of the school board meeting the language that they don't want children to hear, yet they refuse to pull the book that contains that language from the children's school library shelves. Now, the left likes to flip this thing around and say that we're trying to book, we're trying to engage in book burning and book banning. No, we're not. We are trying to engage in age-appropriate materials for children, and children should not be exposed to graphic, hardcore sexual content. And they know it, which is why they said, you can't read that out loud. Their kids might hear this. But put it back on that bookshelf where you got it, so the kids can check it out and read it for themselves. How can we get along with, find common ground with people with that mindset? I mean, you, you just you just shake your head and what do I do with that? It's everything you can find in you to stop from marching up to the front of that room and just choking the love and daylots out of these people and saying, what are you doing? Do you hear yourself? You're telling us not to read out loud things that might be offensive to children, but when I tell you you're right, pull it from the shelves so it can't be offensive to children, you say no. Leave it there because kids deserve the opportunity to explore themselves and their sexuality. And their, then why are you afraid of having it read in public? It is just simply incredible. How can we get along with? How can we engage with? How can we socialize with? How can we work with? How can we be in relationships with people with this kind of a mindset? I told you this yesterday. I told you this yesterday. I don't know if I played it for you yesterday, but let me see if I can play it for you right Earlier now. Earlier this year, our newest Supreme Court Justice, uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, was asked what a woman is, and she had a difficult time defining that. Since you are the president of the National Women's Law Center, I was hoping that you could define what a woman is for us in this committee hearing. So I'm going to pause it there so you can know what, it, what was just said. That's Representative Andrew Clyde from Georgia, Congressman Clyde, Asking the president of a woman's organization with the name women's in the title to define the word woman. That'd be pretty self-explanatory, right? Let's, let's. Since you are the president of the National Women's Law Center, I was... National Women's Law Center. So you obviously are an advocate for women in law. What's a woman? Hoping that you could define what a woman is for us in this committee hearing. Well, as the president of the National Women's Law Center, you can imagine I say woman a lot uh, in my day job. Okay, so uh, I'm just asking I, for the de- definition. I'm, so, and, and so what I'll tell you is I am a woman. That's how I identify. Okay. But I wonder, however, if in part the reason that you're asking a question is that you're trying to suggest that people who I am don't simply asking the question and I simply want an answer. I, and so I, I think it's actually really important to be very clear here that there are people who identify as non-binary. I think okay. about five percent right. of young we're people. We're not going to go there. I was hoping maybe you would. I was hoping that you, maybe you would say something that maybe we learned in. Um, 
high school biology that has to do with X and Y chromosomes, but uh, which define male and female. But I guess we're not going to get there. You're not going to get there, Congressman. And the reason you're not going to get there is she refuses to answer what woman is because she knows it defeats her entire argument. It defeats the entire movement. They insist that you join in the indulging of young, attention-seeking freaks' fantasies. There is no child who truly believes that they are two different beings or that they are zero beings. And that's what they're arguing. Non-binary means I'm not male, but I'm not female. I'm neither one of those things. I'm just out there in the cloud, man. I'm just what? Sorry, not man. Thing. Being. I'm just whatever I feel like at that moment. Maybe human, maybe not, maybe male, maybe female, maybe maybe nothing at all. Or I am both I am both of those things. I am male and I am female. I am completely uh, androgynous and, and uh, two-spirited. None of those things are real. All of those things are attention-seeking, attention-craving freak shows embracing the trendy things that they just found online. TikTok influencers are winning the day because they're influencing young kids into embracing all of this nonsense. And the worst part about it is, you know who most of the TikTok influencers are? You know who most of the Internet influencers are? They're teachers. They're preschool teachers. They're kindergarten teachers. They're elementary school teachers. They're teachers. That's the reality of it. They're the ones who post their stuff and they announce themselves as teachers and then they tell the, tell us what they're doing to their kids, which are your kids. I know music is playing, but I'm sorry. I want to go to Joe in Westlake. Joe, um, let me bring you up here if I can find you online too there. Hey, Joe, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Bob, this is a critically needed conversation. We do need a divorce. And the way to do that is to use nullification as explained by the 10th Amendment Center. We can do that by electing state representatives who pledge to vote to nullify insane D.C. laws. Our enemy is not so-called blue states per se. Our enemy is the D.C. oligarchy, which has organized and created the blue states. The oligarchy is made up of three classes, academics, corporates, and the bureaucracy. The oligarchy is explained by Professor Angelo Covilla in his books and articles such as the ruling class. So that's how we can accomplish the goal. We're not going to have a completely separate states, but what we can do is dominate states by getting our representatives elected and then nullifying. We can we won't remove the the liberals from the cities, but we can at least control the states right. and prevent them from no no you're, them. you're 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 exactly right and thank you for the call I appreciate it Joe you're exactly right about nullification I appreciate that very much I know a lot of other people have more things to say I see you on hold hang there I'm coming right back with you on always right radio AM fourteen twenty the answer hey but two genders two genders ain't nothing but men and women can you dig it. <laughs> 
Let's go to Cheryl in Lakewood. Cheryl, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning and go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, I, I agree with your caller from much earlier that, that this really is a battle between good and evil, you know, Satan mm-hmm. versus the godly. And anybody who doesn't understand how important it is that we distance ourselves from these people, the best example of why we have to do that is what you were just talking about. And that's that book in, um, in that Oregon school district. The book is Gender Queer. And I've been walking around in a fog for the past couple of days because Libs of TikTok actually sent me an email with some of the visuals from that book. And I, as much as I know the left and I know how evil they are, even I was still stunned by (laughs) what is in that book. In a child's library, a children's library, you have a book that is a graphic novel with essentially a comic book with pictures of one child down on his knees performing a sex act on another child. And this is what is in a school district. And any parent or grandparent who could even have a discussion with these people about why or why not this book should be there, how can you even talk about this? A child looking at images that adults deem pornographic, yet you want to make excuses as to why this should be in a child's library. Yeah. And the, the, woman the, adults, who... the adults literally silenced the man from, from reading from it and said this is inappropriate to be, to be done in front of children while defending the presence of the book on the children's library shelves and available for any of them to have. I, I, just, I mean... I'm I'm struggling. I'm pretty good with words. I cannot find a description for that type of insane thinking. It's inappropriate for us to read out loud because kids might hear it, but we're going to put it in the library for the kids to take and read and take home. But see, but that's the point. It makes no sense. And so because you, but this is the, that can be said of all of their arguments. None of them make any sense. They're, They're not, they don't need to make sense anymore. All that they need to do is, is, is utter the same words, diversity and inclusion and racism. And that's supposed to be a defense to anything and everything that they do. And if we go along with that, anyone who goes along with that, you are essentially giving them license to do whatever they want. Yeah, that, the is, that is exactly that's- correct. I, listen, Cheryl, you make great points. I've got to run. I appreciate it. Here's another analogy, because I like analogies. It would be like the school board take you telling a parent who brought a case of beer to the classroom to give to the students. What are you doing? You can't give that to the kids. That's inappropriate. That's illegal. That's terrible. Take that out of here. But installing a Coors Light machine down the hall next to the Coke machine for the kids to get on their own. The parent can't deliver it, but the kids can get it if they go get it on their own. That's exactly what they're doing with these books. I'll be right back. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? Because, because they don't seem to say that. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable, some of the stuff that you're hearing about that. 
Leave it to Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida for being willing to say what needs to be said at a county event down in, I think it was Putnam County, Florida. Um, I, he was talking about infrastructure, but he heard what went on in the United States Senate and just needed to say it. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? Because I don't know about you, but I think what I just heard him say was that uh, ain't but two genders, well, two genders, well, ain't nothing but men and women. Todd is in Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hey, Todd, go right ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. So it's it's good that I had an opportunity this afternoon, this morning. The um the issue here is that. The larger issue here when it comes to defining um, gender, sexuality of human beings is that there's not enough people that respect the countless hours, the rigor that's been applied by human, sex, by human cellular biologists as to what defines us, what, what all is incorporated in making us what we are. We are animals. We are homo sapiens. A woman is a female homo sapien, part of the mammal sect of the animal kingdom. We're not we're not chimpanzees. We can't become chimpanzees, whales, dolphins, gorillas, dogs, wolves, cats. Okay, we did it. If you accept the 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 work, the actual work that's been done, then it makes it easier for you to improve upon oneself and to fix the things that are going wrong in self. But if everything is based on an, an assessment of some shallow opinion and feelings, then all of that all of that work is worthless. That we have to get rid of the term transgender and let these people know that you're gender maskers we're not saying that you should leave the population but accept what you are accept what you actually are and move forward with that and nothing more in reference to the dude that was reading that book i didn't know i didn't know about the book until the woman was just talking about it on your broadcast he should have been physically removed from the building why you don't there if that if what she described is true, that the book was talking about um, oral sex uh, between oral sex for um, between people, and and if we you wanted children's library children in the library to have access to that. That's that's grossly inappropriate. Let their let their minds develop at a normal well, so rate. Why, but so why should the guy have been room physically removed from the room? He was the one trying to point that out to them, saying. Oh, I you thought think- he was the reader. Well, he was. Well, he I was. thought he was the one. I no, he no, was. he was. He was trying to read to the board members to show them this, what I'm reading to you right now, is what's in the library available to our kids. Get it out. They wouldn't even let him read it because uh, they didn't want to hear it out loud, but yet they refused to ban it from the library. So, My mistake. So that's okay, because you know what I would say, Todd? I bet that guy would accept physical removal from the from the forum from the school board meeting if they said that is not appropriate here we're also removing it from the library he would have been he would have gladly been thrown out into the parking lot on his rear end if it had had the desired effect which is the agreement that this is inappropriate for children for me to read here and for to be in the library available to these young kids i think he would have accepted that i know i would have it's good that he put it in front of them and it's good that he put him in front of them so he could publicly be um, be called, be called out on it, so he yeah. can come back and say, "Well, I'm calling you out on it." Get exactly, rid of this. Get exactly rid of this. right. And although I'm gonna say this in the exit, hey, listen, man, I, I was with, and I still am with, um, Kanye Jackson being the Supreme Court justice, but I sure wish he would have answered that question straight. A woman is a female Homo sapien. Period. 
That's well, it. But, well, <laughs> well, you, but she would have lost all the support she had. She would have lost all the support she had. And that's the thing. And, and, and thanks for the call. I don't want to get into the whole thing with the Katanji uh, uh, confirmation hearings, but I'll tell you something. Music already? Wow, that goes fast. My apologies to people who are still on hold. I, I thought I'd have more time here for more calls. I don't. I won't get into the whole thing. But if you ask me, that should have been a disqualifier. When you can't just acknowledge what a woman is, especially when you were nominated because you're a woman and not just any woman, but a black woman. When the man who nominated you announced, I will only choose a black female to be the next Supreme Court justice, then you better be able to define female. You better be able to define what a woman is. Great call by Todd there to wrap it up. I wish I had more time for the rest of those. My apologies. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a safe weekend. And let's all say it together now. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.